Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. get started welcome to the first podcast episode of 2022 we are back after a couple weeks hiatus the holidays came and gone uh we're back nothing really has changed except the calendar not much really to talk about here um super wild card weekend is approaching the nfl regular season came to an end uh, lots of drama and intrigue in the final weeks of the season as we finally get to the playoffs. Uh, we'll also this will also make some predictions for the uh, major championships in golf as since golf season is officially started as they compete in they are doing their Hawaii run as well. Um, and then maybe if I don't get too angry, Maybe I'll get on the soapbox a little bit and just talk about baseball because rumor has it Major League Baseball may talk with the Players Association this month. But let's get right into it. Golf season is in full swing. Um, they had the Tournament of Champions in Hawaii. They are on the Hawaii run. The, then it's gonna. Then we're they're just golfing in warm weather practically because we are in the we're in the heart of winter. Going to be in the heart of winter and. Those scores were insane. I mean, you, you, I mean, it's a tournament of champions, but oh my god, the, the players just dominated the course all weekend. I mean, I get there wasn't much wind, and it was really just people pounding drives out there and just sticking, sticking their second shot close all weekend. It was just like a birdie and eagle fest for a lot of people. I mean, especially Cameron Smith. I think he finished the weekend. Um, I forget how many Eagles he had, but he finished with a score of what was it, minus 34? Yeah, minus 34. Set a, like, set a um, yeah, minus 34 through the four days. He set the PGA record for lowest score to par. Um, it, it, Cap Blue just got eaten alive by these golfers. I mean, you saw John Rahm who finished in second. He was minus 33. I mean, that's an insane score. Um, yeah, you had the you had minus thirty four, minus thirty. A lot of people in the minus twenties, and then and the thing is though is like in the anybody that was like any mine any anybody from minus twenty to like minus twenty five, like that's a damn good score in a day, in, uh, like a, like on your best day, and you still couldn't win the tournament because you had people and you had people higher like with lower scores than you, and the winner and the winner was minus thirty four, and second place was minus thirty three. I mean, even Phil Mickelson, like he actually like had a good tournament and he still found, and he was like, what tied for like 30th or something like that. Yeah. Phil Mickelson was T30 and minus 14 with Harris English. But I mean, you look at this, a Matt Jones on Sunday, he finished with the round. His round was minus 12 on Sunday alone. Yeah. That's, that's insane. insane. I usually do that. I can, I can do minus 12 in a round of golf on Wii golf. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played Wii golf in forever. I mean, I also don't own a Wii either anymore. Uh, maybe if I maybe if I get the maybe if I get Wii golf going, maybe I can uh, hit back the hit the virtual links again. Maybe that will improve my actual golf game. 
God knows I can't. God, God, I, God knows if I ever get to minus 12 one day, who knows? Maybe in a dream. <clears throat> Probably on like a putt-putt course. Um, maybe that's about it. I missed the good old putt putts. I also just miss hitting the links. Like, I don't know. There was a couple, there was actually a couple days like in the forties here where it wasn't like terrible. And I thought to myself, you know, there's no snow on the ground. It isn't brick tit weather yet. Like maybe if the golf course was open, who knows? Like maybe I could have gone take a few swings, uh, hacks at the ball, but nope. I remember that it's December and I got sad. Um, I actually got to golf in December and I was down in Phoenix during Christmas. I got to golf on uh, the day. Yeah. The day after Christmas, I got out to golf. Um, So that was nice. I was, got, got to swing the club a little bit and actually get a feel for Cause I've been going to the simulator a lot, but that's just not the same as actually being out on the course, but it was nice to get out in December. I can't say that too much uh, about being able to do that. So I living in New York, but it was nice down there. Um, I actually got a, it was weird. So it never rains in Phoenix, and I'm pretty sure it rained basically mostly every single day we were there. We were there from Christmas Eve all the way until January 1st, and then basically every day it rained. Yeah, they get dry heat practically approximately 300 days a year, no matter what the temperature is. Um, uh, their their coldest like their coldest it gets is like 40, I believe. But yeah, the it, was thing like, is- it was like 45 when we were down there. It was miserable. I thought I was going to be in warm sunshine, and it was basically down in – like buffalo fall weather kind yeah. of with just without the snow but there's a couple of days um where when the sun finally came out it got up to like 60 which was weird considering most of the day it was like sitting at around 40 as soon as that sun came out it was just a nice nice heat yeah that's um, not terrible yeah, I got there. To hit the links um definitely did not shoot a minus 12 score i can tell you that much <laughs> In your mind, you did. In your mind, you did. Oh, God. I miss the simulator. That's the one thing about living in Rochester I I, I don't like. Like, at least, like, back in Buffalo, like, you know, the golf dome is right there. But, like, there is no, like, there's no place, like, there's no, like, indoor place to, like, actually, like, hit, like, hit some balls. Like, um, there's a golf range, like, uh, that I've gone to called Big Oak. They have a simulator. But the thing is, though, if it's literally just like one simulator and the majority of the time people use it for like trying to like try out new clubs that they're that they quote unquote may or may not buy. Apparently, there's like some dome up some some dome up in Greece about 15 minutes away where you can hit golf balls. But get this. It's only open Monday to Friday, closed Saturday and Sunday. Now, why would you do that? That, that just seems ass backwards. Like, I, I would understand more if it was closed Monday through Friday and just open on the weekends. That would make more sense. Exactly. Um, like, but that just seems know, like you're losing out on a lot of money there. Exactly. Do you know how, like, that? I, like when I found out about that, like, it, it irked me because I'm like, well, if I want to go hit golf balls, like, where am I going to go? Like, like, I can't go there because, like, I work. And if they're only open Monday to Friday – like, I looked at their hours. I think they're open from, like, 9 to 7. I get out of work at 5.30. Like, what's the point of me going up to Greece, taking a 15-minute drive up to Greece, get there around, like, 6 o'clock by the time, like, a, you know, I, by the time I get done with everything, like, leave 5.45, 15 minutes up at 6 o'clock, they close at 7. I'm there for at least – I'm only there for a half hour. I'm spending as much time driving as I am there. Makes no sense. Not worth it. Yeah, Fuck that, you, Greece. That does not seem worth it at all, but – um. Yeah, that's weird. I never heard of a golf golf dome being closed on the weekends. 
Well, I, I think it's like managed by the town of Greece and the town of Greece. You know what? Screw it. I, I guess we're I guess we're bashing the town of Greece before we bash Paiska. Um, uh, <laughs> but but the town of Greece is not the smartest. Um, uh, and I'll leave it at that. I can't say much. I think my cousins live in Greece, I believe. I think it's Greece. I don't really know. I know they live somewhere up in Rochester. I'm 98 percent sure it's Greece. Could Greece be wrong. Greece is trash. If you go, if if you if it's if it looks like trash, nine nine ninety, there's a ninety percent certainty you are in Greece. All right. Well, I feel like that's like anywhere in Rochester, really. Uh, nah, hey, Brighton's a nice town. Brighton's a nice town. Pittsburgh is nice. Brighton is nice. Anything like south and east of the city is pretty decent. North and west, dog shit. But that's just my opinion. But. Back on topic here in terms of the golf, like, um, I don't know, like, you know, I'm just glad that, like, the tr- that the season has officially started. I mean, I'll th- uh, honestly, the, it is nice to see, like, um, I don't know how much golf you had to see over the weekend. I did not tune in a lot just based on the fact that football was on. I tuned in a little bit on I tuned in a little bit on Saturday and I tuned in a little bit on and I tuned in a little bit on Sunday in between in between football. Um, uh, especially like early on actually, because the games like were not like, they weren't intriguing to me for the most part until the end. But what I do like actually, and to get off, not to get too off topic here is that I now because of the deal that the PGA tour has with ESPN with PGA tour live on ESPN plus, thankfully I was able to actually watch more than I want than I had wanted to than like normally would be able to. Uh, given the whole fact that, like, you know, the tour package was on NBC Sports or CBS or whatever, and you'd had to pay for it. And now that that's the case, I don't have to pay for anything to watch as much golf as I want to. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't get to check it out, but I have heard nothing but good about that, about what ESPN did with that. I just had watched it on the – when I tuned in, I just tuned in on the Golf Channel, but I heard a lot of good things about it being on ESPN Plus and the little more coverage you get now. Um, which was has been definitely a complaint in the past of um, some golf fans trying to watch the game because PGA used to, like, they're getting better, but they used to be so bad at just displaying their sport and didn't really know how to do it. So it's nice that they're kind of figuring that out in that sense. Oh, 100%. 100% there for that. Um, uh, I mean, like like I had, like you had mentioned, like the PGA <coughs> really hasn't done like a lot like in turn. They haven't done a lot of good in terms of trying to get the uh, promotions of uh, the sport and the growth of the game of golf in terms of viewership, either on television or like a streaming service or streaming services or whatever. But now I think they're finally getting through to it there. Um, I mean, obviously, like we're early in the season. Like this is like pretty much like we're, we're in the season. Like it just started, you know. Honestly, like a lot of minor tournaments are happening and everything. I mean, most people won't start paying attention for about another month or two. Probably like when we get into March, like into this, into the, into the floor, like the Florida, the Florida slate, like, you know, the tournaments down in Florida and everything, uh, probably around the time of the Arnold Palmer, actually. But I mean, the thing is, though, is like, nah, I mean, the thing is, though, is like, if it's on, I'll find, you know, I'll watch it a little bit, see what's going on, because, you know, depending on how the tournament is going, if it's a blowout, like, if somebody's up by, like, 10 strokes and, like, on Saturday, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, this guy's going to win. Um, uh, but, obviously, obviously, with the, the start of the golf season, 
Um, you know, the commercials come out for CBS, ESPN about the Masters starting up. And then, you know, just kind of reminds me that, like, you know, even that though we're in winter, spring will come, the Masters will come, and then practically we'll be in the heart of golf season in a few months. And I know that you want to uh, do some quick predictions uh, for the Masters as well as the other three majors uh, for the golf for the golf season since it just started. So I'll have you take it away with your predictions, sir. Yeah, so um, I'm excited that golf is finally back, and we got to see the best. I mean, it did, it really didn't go away until like December, but you never really got to see the big players. I know a couple of them went out and played a tournament here and there. But other than that, um, it's finally nice to see all the stars back. But, um, yeah, so we'll start clearly with the first major of the year, which is Augusta, um, the Masters. Um, and for me, um, just my prediction for this, um, I am torn between two golfers, but I am I, I'm liking Justin Thomas to win this tournament. I mean, Justin Thomas has been clearly this past year, he finished out strong. Um, no majors last year for him, but he is – was a former world number one. He's won a PGA championship as his only major. And last year he had won the players tournament, which a lot of like people like to consider like a fifth major, um, even though it's not a major. Um, but I'm liking Justin Thomas's odds to uh, win the masters this year. I just feel like he's a guy you can kind of imagine yourself seeing with the green jacket. I mean, he has so much promise. We all know he's one of the best golfers in the world. And um just I think because I don't I don't think Tiger will play in this tournament. I think he'll go out there, um, win the green jacket and just kind of throw homage to one of his probably his closest mentor and one of his best friends, Tiger Woods. Um, I hope Tiger plays in the Masters. That'd be amazing to see. But I no one really knows what's going to happen with him in terms of his schedule. Um, but yeah, I like Justin Thomas in this tournament for sure. I see where you're coming from with Thomas. I like your pick. Although I've, although obviously predictions are meant to like, you know, cause debate. And I think a former champion will once again, reclaim the green jacket in, in 2022. I think Jordan Spieth will win the masters in 2022. He, he was, he was the guy I was torn between cause he was my second choice. My thing is, is I think Spieth will finally win another will finally win another major this year because he has been so close up and he's been so close the past few the past few turn the past few majors. I mean, he really has like he's finding his groove again. We saw we saw that that we saw that in uh, we saw that last season. We saw that uh, he didn't have a great Ryder Cup, but the thing is though is like he still went out and he. He went out. He did what he needed to do to help the Amer- to help the Americans win the Ryder Cup. But the thing is, though, is that like he's starting to find his groove again, starting to become Jordan Spieth, like the Jordan Spieth, like not not quite not quite dominating like he did 2015, 2016, obviously. But the thing is, though, is that he's finding like he's finding ways to win tournaments, be like to compete in tournaments into the weekend and into Sunday, even finding a way to win a tournament may potentially here or there. And, but, and the thing is though, is I think it all comes together for him finally, uh, once again, where he will be able to 
you know, don another green jacket. Um, I've said, how many times have I said on this podcast when we talk majors? Oh, speech and contention, speech and contention. Wait a second. Well, how did he get here? You know, I think this is the time, like, you know, like he gets over it. He gets over it. He gets back. I'm not going to say gets back to his best, but the thing is though, is I think that he will do enough to win a major. And if he wins the masters, I believe he could win at least maybe two or three tournaments overall in in the season. And that's probably a hot a bold take there, but I think it could happen if he find if he has if he finds his game and can be consistent on a tournament to tournament basis uh based on what he competes in. Yeah, I, I like that pick as well because I mean we saw last year kind of the reemergence of Jordan Spieth. After him, I mean, we, ever since his collapse, when was it? The 2017 Masters? Twenty, um, Yeah, 2016 Masters. Yeah, ever since his collapse there, we never really got to see what he could have become. Um, that that whole collapse, how we played a part in Because b- before that, before his collapse, what do you have? He had, the two, he had two majors before his collapse. And that Masters would have been the second Masters and third major, I believe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, no, was, you sound about right. He you was just right. looking like a guy that was going to take over the golf world. They're looking like, I mean, I know we throw this on people all the time when we think someone's going to be good. Like people were like, I mean, I mean, we've seen it with Rory as well, but it's kind of like, all right, he might be like the next Tiger Woods S type golfer. Um, just going out there and dominating whenever he wants. And that collapse happened and he kind of disappeared for a few years. Um, he didn't win a tournament in almost like two, two years. And longer than that. Yeah. Longer yeah. than that. I mean, the last he won longer than that. It's try three, almost four, because he won the 2017 Open and then he didn't win in 18. He didn't win in 19. He didn't win in 20 either. Yeah. And then, I mean, last year in 2021, um, he finally won his first tournament in a long time. And then we kind of saw the reemergence of him constantly, like you said, just competing in tournaments and now i i do like his chance to win uh, plenty of tournaments like you said two or three tournaments this year and if not a major um because i was torn between him as well so it'd be nice to see that kind of that reemergence jordan speed i mean he's just one of those golfers i mean we saw him dominate with jt at the Ryder cup so it's like why why not for him you know i mean people are gonna clearly people are gonna say oh like yeah way to go out on a limb with these two picks just to start the season but it's like you could reality is me and you're probably going to go eight and no in our picks. And yeah, that's know. the reality. Exactly. Yeah, that's the reality is like, you never know what's going to happen, but we're just saying like who we like, and you can make arguments for really everyone in the field. Yeah, um, exactly. I literally could pick Joe fucking blow. Uh, I, I could pick, I, I could pick John Daly to win the masters and everybody would call me a fucking clown. And the thing is though, is I wouldn't give a shit. I would just say, Hey, John Daly's going to win the masters because he, he's going to finally be a, allowed to drive in a cart uh, while he's, dr- while he's drinking two while he's drinking two bottles of vodka on the course. And he may, and he may go out and he may go out and hit 12 under par. <clears throat> yeah. I, mean, I would now, like that, but um. That's not that's not gonna happen. No, I don't even think. Um, what may I mean, what eight majors does Daly even play in anymore? Does he still play in all four? No, he can only play in the PG. He only plays in the PGA. Yeah, PGA. Because he's got that lifetime exemption there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because he he can't compete in the Open because of his age. Yep. 
Um, uh, he never won the U.S. Open, so he doesn't compete there. Didn't and he, never he won- get exemptions at Augusta, though, I thought? I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty I sure be, he has I don't exemptions think, at Augusta. I don't, think, I don't think he has exemptions in Augusta, at Augusta. Well, never said I was smart, so. <laughs> well, I never said I was either. We, we know most, not all. Just right. remember that. Um, but so you want to move on to the second major of the season? Of course, we will move on to the right. PGA Championship. And, and I, as much that. as, and as much as it kills, it, it's, it still, it still gets to me. I always expect to say the PGA Championship last because it's always in August. But even though it's been like what three, four years now that it's been in May, I'm still not used to it. Yeah, it is weird because I, I'm in the same boat as you that I'm still not used to it. Um, but I'm kind of happy it goes second just because it is like the least to be desired major. Um, Pretty much. Like, I'd rather, to be honest, I would much rather watch the Players' Championship than the PGA Championship. But, I mean, w- whatever, it's another major, so we're going to talk about it. But this year it's taking place at Southern Hills Country Club in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I don't know when – I would have to look up when the last major was at Southern Hills – but um no, so it's look. I I kind of scouted these. I mean, clearly we got for the last major of the year. We probably have the best course ever besides Augusta. Um, but let's not jump too far ahead right now. But for this okay. tournament, um, I kind of like Brooks Kepka's chances here. Brooks, I'm gonna agree with you there. Brooks Kepka had he looked he this past weekend he looked healthy. Um, his seems like his arms better. I know. He didn't – I mean, he shot – he was minus 15. So, I mean, you can't just like, – yeah, he was T28, but, like, minus 15 is still a respectable score. Um, it's just other people happen to finish 30 shots better than him <laughs> or 15 shots better than him. 15 shots me. better but, 30. Um, but, no, I, I, I kind of like Brooks Kepka. I mean, he always is a guy that just shows up at these majors. And I, last year he came down to the Warrior um, just coming in second – because he lost to uh, Phil Mickelson. But I think this is a course that uh, Brooks can finally get his fifth major at. Um, I would love to see it because I am a big Brooks guy. Um, I mean, like, all uh, both these guys, they're all three guys we have talked about so far. Even, like, uh, the last kind of last time we saw an important golf was the Ryder Cup. And everyone just seemed to dominate there. Oh, agreed. I really, I'm going to agree with you there. I really think that Brooks Kepka can uh, win the uh, can win the PGA this year. He did go toe to toe down to the wire with Phil until obviously Phil kind of until obviously like we all know what happened. 18 came and Phil pretty much just like rode rode that to victory there. Um, uh, still magical there. And as much as I want to joke and say Phil will defend his title, <laughs> obviously that is pro. I mean, it, I'm not going to say it's going to happen because. It probably won't, but if I if like you see like somebody out of the blue come and win a major tournament, like it would be great just to see that happen, just to just to have me wrong, proven wrong, I'd be okay with that. But I think that because Brooks Kepka is always there in in contention at a major tournament, whether or not he wins or finishes anywhere from top five, top five, top ten, he always finds himself in contention going into the weekend for the most part. One of the best golfers in the world, um, and I really think, and I really think that he'll be right up there again. And he will take, and he will take the Wanamaker Trophy in 2022. That because I another thing too is he probably will look back at 20, at the uh, 2021 PGA 
and think and once again, you know, probably think that he let a major slip through his grasp. So he will be he will be like laser focused on trying to like at least win one major. And I think his fo- and I think it will be the PGA that he'll focus on the most, especially since he let that one kind of slip away at uh, Kiowa. Yeah, he did. That's why I kind of took him. Um, there's always that guy with that killer instinct. Um, and it, it, the PGA is another one of these longer tournaments, and you need power here, but you also need accuracy. And I think, I think when it comes to his iron play, I think Brooks Kepka is phenomenal with his irons, and that's kind of what you need. Yeah, exactly there. Well, I think we can switch over to predictions for the U.S. Open, uh, which is the third major of the four. And I'll let you take it away again, sir. Yeah, so the U.S. Open this year will be played at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. Um, So we got some Boston golf for the U.S. The U.S. Open this year. And Boston golf. Yes, and another very long course this year. Where's your car keys? Kind of like we saw last year with us. <laughs> uh, like we saw last year at Torrey Pines. Um, but this year, I think, I mean, this kid, it's kind of hard not to put him into winning a major. I mean, the kid is, let me tell you in one second. The kid is only 24 years old. And I think I kind of gave it away with that. But Colin Morikawa. Um, these longer courses, you need to have the best iron player. And why not pick the best iron player in the world to go and win the U.S. Open this year? Um, get his third, get his third major of his young career, young promising career, and his what would it be? His second major in what is it, is it considered a calendar year? Or is it just a year? Uh, technically, it would be well. Technically, it would probably be a year based off of based off of that because the calendar year goes from January to December. All right, just yeah, just wanted to make sure so I didn't mess that up. But he, I could see this kid getting two majors in a year's span, and I really like his chances here. I mean, probably the, I mean, he's the best American in the world right now, um, second best player in the world. But I mean, well, like it's kind of hard just not to throw Kyle Moore. I mean, you could say, you could tell me he would win all four majors. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I agree with you there. I mean, this course is designed for somebody like him. This course is designed for somebody like him to just go out there and practice. I wouldn't say dominate, but the thing is, though, is like he would be very at very much at the top from Thursday to Sunday, and based uh just based off of like just based off of like just based off of his iron game, as you mentioned, like like you said, why not have the best golfer in the world in terms of the like with their iron game? What like you'd be dumb not to say that Colin Morikawa uh, will go out and win the U.S. Open. Like you'd be dumb not to say that. Like he has as damn of a good chance on his best day as any like on, on his best day to just go out there, kick some ass, and say like, "Hey, here I am. Come out and beat me." Yeah, and he's just got that swagger to him too. I mean, like he's 24 years old, but he's ready just to slice anyone's throat that he needs to to win these tournaments. I mean, the kid's swagger is unreal. And like I said, you could say he would win all four majors. It wouldn't surprise me. The kid is just that good. And only at age 24, we're going to have a lot more majors come from this kid. Exactly. 
My thing is, is I'm not going to predict that he will win two majors, but I, at least two majors. But I won't be surprised if he wins half the two ma- two out of the four majors this se- this golf season. Yeah, I mean the kid has he has one of the best records. I mean, uh, he started his PGA t- uh, Tour career with 22 consecutive cuts made. The only person above him um, with cuts made is Tiger Woods at 25. I mean, exactly. you can't tell me this kid isn't something special. Um, I know, like I said earlier, we've said this about a lot of golfers before, but I think there's something different about this kid, and he is ready to dominate really every course he steps up to. Exactly, and that's exactly it right there. I mean, he's just ready for – he's practically ready for the call. Like, he's ready for the calling. He, like, he knows what he needs to do. He goes out there. He goes out there. He just dominates on the course. Like, he's got that swagger to him. He and he's only twenty. He's our age, bro. He's he's our age. That's the crazy part. Like he's he's a month older than me. Yeah, he's our age. Like it's insane. It's insane. And yet he's going out like competing in competing on the PGA Tour. He's going out competing in tournaments. He's going out and contending in tournaments, competing in majors, winning majors. He already has two to his name. Could add a third. I think that it could happen. He will win. He he will win the U.S. Open, and I would not be surprised if he wins at least two majors this year. But I'm not going to predict that he'll win two majors this year. And that moves on to our last major, which is personally, it. it, it I'm, sorry, it, I'm more, I think I'm more excited for this major this year than I am Augusta. I love the open. I really do. My thing is, is the open, like the open and Augusta are one in one a, they are like one in one a, I love the open because one it's overseas. It's on the British Isles, England, Scotland, wherever the fuck it is. It's at the old course, St. Andrews this year. I apologize. I stole your spotlight by the way, but I love St. No, Andrews. Take it over. I, I, I'm so excited for this major this year. Like and I think we're gonna see something special happen here. It, it's the 150th open. It is the 150th running of the Open Championship. Um, it should have been this year, year, but yeah. last it should have been last year. But obviously, because the Open did not, because of travel restrictions and everything, the Open Championship was the only major not to happen in 2020. And so, but we finally get the 150th Open. And what a better! Uh, there's no better course you could have played this at. No, hey, the, just just the hundred fiftieth. You get the old course at St Andrews. I mean, you get everything lined up for just a storybook finish. I mean, it is like I said, it's the oldest. It's the oldest golf course in his, known history, and I mean, it's probably like I said, it's right up where there golf with the golf started. Golf. Practically, yeah, golf start like the origins and history of golf like are tied to St Andrews, like. The entire the entire weekend at St Andrews, like it just the town. It's actually a town, actually. Like St Andrews is a town, and the golf course is the old course at St Andrews. So yeah. like, so uh, like the whole town gets excited for it. Like they have a ton of shops, a ton of concessions. They all get excited. Uh, the ghost of old Tom Morris stands like in his uh, stands stands in his old pro shop, looking out the window. Um, uh, I don't know if you know who old Tom Morris is, but we talked about him. Yes, we did. Okay. So you, okay. Yeah, you do I, I, had, I had that story about him. Yep. Old Tom Morris. Okay. We do. I did. Okay. I do remember that there. Yes. So 
I'll have you go with your prediction first, and then I'm going to go with mine. Because... This is going to be a very special major this year, and there is one golfer in particular that I think everyone who is just – We're going to agree fan, on our prediction, aren't we? Yes, we are. I, I think we're both on the same place. Um, I'm getting chills just thinking about it right now. I mean, just imagining him. And his just Sunday a, Reds walking just, over the Swilkin Just Bridge. imagining um, hearing champions of the world, Tiger Woods. Yep. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Just imagining him on Sunday. And there's no shot he doesn't. He's going to play this tournament. This is Tiger's favorite course ever. And this was just him walking over Swilkin Bridge on Sunday in his Reds. The crowd behind him following him. Tiger walking up. Got a two-shot lead on 18 just I don't know if they'll there. follow him because that like the British are the British are always like tight with their rules, but it would be cool to see that. I would love to see tradition broken. Um, yeah, I mean, well, they wouldn't go over the bridge; they would just be following him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. I know oh, that. But yeah, I think... yeah. It's got. It's got. It, it can't be anyone else other than Tiger. It can't oh, be. Oh, exactly. I, I, you know, I'm glad that we were on the same page about this because I've thought to myself like. When we, when you told me you wanted to do the golf prediction, the major predictions, um, I was looking at like because uh, I, I saw that because I saw that like foreplay pod did their predictions as well, and I'm just like thinking to myself, you know, I'm really surprised nobody actually decided to go with the nostalgic pick at the Open for for Tiger, and I'm like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna say it, I don't care, Tiger at the Open, Sunday Reds. Well, Riggs, Riggs picked him as well. Riggs did? Oh, I must have missed that there. Why did I not see that? Yeah, there? Riggs picked him, but I think he picked I think he picked two winners um just in case Tiger didn't play. Um, but yeah, he picked Tiger by I me. Mean, it's just hard not it's he it's gotta be Tiger or Rory, right? It has to be Tiger, Tiger or Rory. Tiger or Rory. I mean like it if, has to if, be if Tiger doesn't play, um just because maybe I because clearly in when we saw him in the PNC, he got to take a cart around. Um, and he, him walking on his leg, he didn't look that comfortable yet, but he was still just roping balls in the PNC. And he was, his ball speed was up by where Colin Morikawa's is. So it's like, he's back. He's going to win this tournament. He's back. He's, and he the thing to. is, though, is that PNC was also back. The PNC was also in December. Was also in December. Yeah, we got what? Not, nine, nine months. Yeah, we got nine months until seven, six, six and a half. We're Wait, in January. Oh, now. fucking, we're in January. Yeah, we're in January now, buddy. But yeah, we've got six and a half months. So, barring anything, well, I meant, I meant, I oh uh, yeah, I guess going back from the PNC at about seven and at about a month and a half there. So yeah, I got what you're saying there. So seven and a seven and a half to eight months there. I got what you're saying there. But yeah, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy you agree with that pick as well. I mean, it, it, it just got the 150th Open, the old course. It just got everything in the making to be a historic, historic major. And it's fitting, too, that it will be the last major of the year. And just, I can see it now. Just Tiger Woods just getting his 16th major, taking him just two behind the, taking him two behind the record. And I, I, I love it. I don't it. think 18, uh, I'm, I'm still convinced 18 will never happen. Will never I, be I, I don't think 18 will happen. But. Anything? I mean, we saw. I mean, we saw Phil Mickelson. But I mean, then again, Phil Mickelson has stayed healthy his whole career, so it all depends on that. I mean, we, yeah. we saw Phil Mickelson win a major at 50 years old. Tiger's what? Four? He just turned 45. This is very true. This is very true. But the thing is, though, if Tiger wins the Open, and if he has a very, very limited schedule, 
based on what he wants to do, because obviously he's not going to be full time anymore because of the accident and the recovery and everything. But if he only participates, if, if the Open's the only tournament he participates in in this in this 2022 golf season and he wins, Tiger Woods will stand alone as the winningest golfer in in the uh, history of the P- of uh, of the tour. Yeah, breaking we'll his him, tie we'll with Sam Snead. It'll put him at 83. Putting breaking his tie with Sam Snead. Yep. And that's uh, and what better way to do it would be would be at the place of the birthplace of golf, the 150th Open, the old course and the only, and the crowd like you said, the crowd following him. It would probably break a lot like there, there may be some. There may be some view that if Tiger Woods is in contention on Sunday at at, at the Open, there will be a lot of viewership records broken, not only for golf but also just for television overall. I think it would be the most watching on television, and that includes the World Cup final. Yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> that includes the World Cup final. But Actually, yeah, yeah, I mean, you just. It's just just one of these things like out of a movie and like you can just it, it just feels like destined to happen. Yeah, the the script writer the script writers have it all written out. I mean, uh, Vince McMahon. Can you imagine, Vince McMahon, can you imagine the headlines. Yeah, I would imagine the headlines. That'd be great. Vince McMahon's <laughs> writing out a great script for us, isn't he? Yes, he is. This is this is all Vince McMahon's doing. <laughs> this is all Vince McMahon's doing. We'll get into that. We'll get into that a little bit there. If Could you, know you imagine? Could you imagine on Sunday, Tiger in the final grouping, um, say with say say he's with Rory in the final grouping, and they're, uh, Rory had say they're both tied coming into eighteen, and Tiger birding and Rory powering and just that kind of ending. Like Tiger doesn't have the lead on eighteen, but ends up winning it. I I oh I could, I would cry. I'd be so I I would, I don't think there's maybe a Bills Super Bowl, but. There's nothing else that I would want anymore in sports. Fair enough, there. Fair enough, there. But I, we agree on we we match on three. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, obviously, time will tell. Obviously, because we're only in January and we haven't even gotten to the Masters. Our Masters prediction is different, so we're either going. So one of us could either go four and out. one of us. We will at least have we. One of us could either. One of us will either go four and out. Uh, we all could, we we all we both could go zero and four. There could be a combination. Hopefully, we at least hopefully we at least get one pick right, and that's like I don't care if any, anyone else wins my other picks. I just want Tiger to win the Open. There, exactly, uh, exactly. But with that being said, actually, you know what? I really think the real winner of the Open will be the fans if that happens. But, but I think I world, world peace would happen if Tiger won. Oh, really? I'm going to wake up the next Tiger, morning. Tiger and... is going to bring in world peace if he wins the Open. Oh, I, I'm going to wake up and ga- I'm going to wake up Monday morning and gas prices will be down to 250 again. All will be right in the world. I, I, dude, oh, I got to get rid I got to get rid of my truck. I'm paying too much for gas. <laughs> it is uh, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But this is not a gas day. This is not a gas podcast. Well, it's whatever I, kind of podcast we want it to be. It's ours. This is very true. I know a lot of gas comes out of our mouths, but that's another conversation for another day. There, um, uh, but so we'll see what happens with our golf predictions. There, we're gonna move right along and gas on up into the playoffs. Did you see what I did there? I won't quit my day job, I promise, everybody. Um, uh, but we're gassing up and going to the playoffs. 
wild card weekend, super wild card weekend, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't call it wild card weekend anymore because there's a game on Monday night, which I'm kind of not a fan of. Uh, yeah, I, don't like that. I like the three Saturday, three Sunday. Honestly, would it be? Uh, it would kind of be cool. I had a discussion about this actually before we get into the games here. I had a discussion about this with a friend of mine. I met like, I think it would kind of be cool if there was a game on Friday night actually, because there's not much really to watch or do on a Friday night. So just imagine putting on like one of the networks and you see like a a, a wild card game or like a divisional round game or something like that. What benefits? I can't, I, can't, I can't get myself there. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Would have been interesting in my opinion. But yes, yeah, Super Wild Card Weekend is upon us. We finally have reached the, the playoffs. Um, uh, and obviously, uh, like I, I, I'll just put out there: we all know the Giants didn't make the playoffs. So come at me, tell me my team sucks. I don't care. I've seen my I team. I bet your team. I bet I bet your team on the last weekend. You should not have bet the Giants. I, I thought for some reason in my head I just saw Jake Fromm going off. I guess I'm, I I'm still have I, – I just still imagine Jake Fromm just at Georgia, I think. Ah, uh, fair enough. There. Even though I we blew a national championship there. Uh, that was the defense's fault. But they – but Stenson, ben, Stenson Bennett of all fuckers. But we'll get – we can get into that at the end too if you want. Um – so Saturday we've got two games. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, and we've got the New England Patriots taking on your beloved Buffalo Bills. And then Sunday we've got a triple header. We've got oh shit, I'm drawing oh, a blank. So I, would like, I would like, to, I would like, to, I would like an apology. Oh, there was a couple of podcasts ago we did. I mean, this is going back to probably. So it was a game after the. It was the game after the Patriots beat the Bills in Buffalo. You told me there was no way that the Bills could take the division just based on... I want an apology from you, too, then, because you kept telling me the Raiders weren't making the playoffs. Okay, well, besides the point, we'll get to that, because I I was going to apologize to you once we started talking about that game. Um, But I just would like an apology, because you told me there was no way that the Bills can win the AFC, even if... Um, both teams had one out, and even if both teams had one out from there, that the you you told me the Patriots would have won, won it still. But I was right that the Bills could have won it because of their AFC East. Uh, 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 fuck, I, tiebreaker. Yeah. So yes, I will apologize. There. Yeah, you, you made me thing. feel like an idiot, and I knew I wasn't wrong. Well, I hey, I didn't. Hey, all I just said was <laughs> that I didn't think the Bills were going to win. Because when you look, no, you told back me there from, was no logic. There was no way they could with um how well, the standings were. I did say that. Okay, hey, I look <laughs> at the sta- I look at the standings, and I just decide. You know what? This this whole time, this first off, my dumbass forgot that they played again three weeks later. And another thing too is all these tiebreakers that get pulled <laughs> into effect. How many of them have been added? How many of them have been like added only in the past few seasons? I'm convinced they just add more every year. Yeah. So like, I don't, so I don't fucking like next thing you know, it's going to be how high, how, how high you can jump. Yeah. It's stupid. I don't, I don't really understand it to be honest. Um, but Hey, we won the AFC East and that's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you won the AFC East. I mean, the thing is though, is like, I don't understand how the tiebreakers work. It is what it, it is, what it is there for that. 
Um, uh, hey, I was wrong. It is what it is. Um, uh, I didn't think because of the tiebreakers, I didn't think that there was a chance there for that. Um, uh, you know, it is what it, it is. What it is there. Um, hey, when going back to that game from that Monday night, what really got to me was like they did not play well. I really didn't. They they were like on a roller coaster, and I just thought maybe, hey, maybe they won't win the division. But the thing is, though, is they got their shit together, and they ended up winning when it mattered most. And they, you know, they went out, found ways to win. Obviously, the fans were not happy, like with how with some of the play from the offense per usual. But hey, it's not about how you win; it's about how many wins you have. And they took the three seed. They took the division again. And everybody and all the hypocrites out there are, you know, sucking some sucking off sucking off the team's dick. Just as it's like, hey, you know, hey, we're back. Like, um, okay, but you were wrong, but in a way, but it is what it is. Um, Sunday, um, the games on Sunday, we've got boring games. Who's the first game? The first game would be the Eagles and Buccaneers. Oh, that's I, I apologize to Eagle fans now for what's going to happen to your team. You guys are going to get your asses for revenge. The steel, the yeah, the two, the Pennsylvania teams are going to get their asses kicked because um, uh, then you have the Cowboys <laughs> and the 49ers. The Nickelodeon game, baby. It's only fitting that the Cowboys are the Nickelodeon game. It's only fucking fitting that they're the slime game. And then the nightcap, you've got the Steelers and the Chiefs. And instead of watching Justin Herbert toss piss missiles for 60 yards, we get to see Ben Hamburger Helpers throw five-yard buckets of fucking mayo to God knows who. Hey, hey, just so we're aware, Big Ben's revenge tour of the NFL is not done. It will not be done someday. Yeah, it will be done. It'll be done. It'll, it'll so, be done in his day in court can, again, right? I can bring myself to somehow seeing the Steelers win, but there's a lot that needs to happen. I, I mean, I, I can convince Steelers... myself, but there's going to be a blocked field goal that they were going to return for a touchdown. Um, the, I can oh. see Minka Fitzpatrick getting like an interception, um, returning that for a pick six. Um, then you're going to see just Chase Claypool somehow have one big play. And that's how I'm talking myself into seeing the Steelers possibly winning this game. You um, just don't want to see the Chiefs win. That's all. No, like bring, give me the Chiefs again. We're going to kick the shit out of them again. They're nothing. They're the Chiefs are nothing. I'm not scared of them. I mean, my thing. We'll go. We'll go into the games on an individual by individual yes, basis. Yes. We'll go first. But then Monday, Rams Cardinals NFC West matchup. On paper, I really think that this could pretend. On they're paper, both, I really one on the season together, right? I think, yeah, I think this could be the game of of the wild card round, in my honest opinion, just because of how the NFC once again the NFC West always plays each other tough. Um, uh, we saw that week eighteen. We just saw that on Sunday, um, with the Rams and the Niners, and then the Seahawks and the Cardinals. NFC West opponents always find a way to you know make games intriguing and then go have the games go down to the wire. Um, but it is what it, it is what it is there we'll see what happens but yeah let's go back to the first game um the Las Vegas Raiders who went in to the playoffs on a game winning field goal where my money line cashed yeah. for them yeah. hey i mean it could have been it could have been it could have been ba- it could have been worse i mean you could have been play- you a, a tie could have happened and like i mean the steelers won't be in the playoffs and instead of playing new england you'd be playing justin herbert in his 60 yard piss missiles um, so did you see on Twitter on Sunday night during the game how many people were talking about the NFL being rigged? Yeah, like I mean, Vince, was gonna happen. 
Yeah, I mean Vince Mc. I mean Roger Goodell was writing the script so well. I, I Vince Mc. Vince. The refs. Ro- the refs try to do everything to get that game to tie. Oh yeah, the refs- and then Brandon Staley decided to fuck it all up and take a timeout, and he honestly I mean, should be out of a job. That just was ass. that was like. I would have got the timeout, say, if he took it right after the two minute, or not the two minute warm, but after the two minutes, um, like when they were still down, like uh, the Raiders were down at their like twenty still or twenty five, wherever they were at. Um, if he would have started taking time, the two timeouts then, maybe I get it. And like there was like thirty eight seconds left, and you already let the play clock run for like twenty minute, twenty seconds. Um, well, I, my thing is, is that what got to me was the Raiders were actually going to consider just like letting the clock run out. Well, they were, did you? Yeah, they caught it on a hot mic. Um, someone was talking to a uh, Austin Eckler, and he asked, "Were you guys gonna kneel it?" And he said, "Yeah." Yeah. Well, then the thing is too is like Justin Herbert's lips. I've never been so excited for a tie in my life. Like he yeah, was. Well, yeah, he said. He said, "I've never wanted a tie so badly in my life." In my life. Yeah, I never wanted a tie so badly in my life. If they got the tie, like they would have been in the playoffs, and the Steelers would be on the Ben Hamburger Helper would be on would would be uh, collecting his uh, NFL pension. Do you think um, Big Ben uh, stayed up to watch the game? Uh, no, but Mike Tomlin admitted that he dozed off while uh, before the Raiders kicked the game-winning field goal, so he <laughs> had no clue until the next morning. That's awesome. Um, well, I mean, technically, that, that the game ended like, in the next morning on the East Coast. Yeah, that's true. That was game of the season, I think. Game of the season, honestly. I mean. I mean, you can't write a better script to end the season. Both teams, both teams needed a win to get in. A tie would have got them both in, and it comes down to a last-second field goal in overtime. You can't oh, write yeah. that any better. Well, I mean, my thing is, is if the Raiders actually like wanted to go for the tie, like you know, and if they were going to go for the tie instead of like you know having Carlson to actually try to fucking kick it, he could just fucking shanked it out of bounds. Yeah, I yeah, he could have. Um, but I, I was guess... confused because Brandon Staley lives and dies by going in on fourth down. When they had fourth and three in overtime, like I get like all season though, he's done it. He's gone for it on like fourth and three. It's like, why didn't he go for it there and try to get the first down and get a win? Because if they will be good. I think he started to play for the tie at, at that point. I really think he started to play for the tie. My thing is, I know, like, we're not even talking about the matchup. We're talking about the game, but it makes sense to talk about the game. But my thing is, is I don't care that the game went into overtime. I don't care that the game almost ended in a tie. Brandon Staley lost the game when he went for it on fourth down on his own 18. Yeah, in the third quarter. Yeah, that was, that was remarkable. That was, that was remar- stupid. That was, that was, the defense had to want to kill him because I was – very confused when he called. Like, like I said, he's lived and died by that. Like, so kudos to but him for kudos you know to him the- for using his philosophy that he's used all season. I mean, we saw him do it all season, constantly going for these these questionable fourth downs. I mean, we saw it in the beginning of the season against the Chiefs. I mean, he's done it all season. It's just like, why that? And then, okay. yeah. You know what the crazy part of that is? That was the only fourth down conversion that they failed to make the entire game. Every fourth down conversion after that, they succeeded. Yeah. Which really, that's where I was getting annoyed because I don't know. I don't know if the Raiders, the Raiders defense was gassed, whether or not they were just deciding to blow it to go to overtime. Like, my emotions were like a fucking roller coaster because I just want, I didn't want to tie. I wanted to tie for giggles because I would have, I couldn't have, I, 
part of me was like, you know what, Steelers, you fucking tied the Lions. You don't belong in the playoffs. But <laughs> Big, ben, Big Ben deserves one last ride. You know, B- Big Ben's got more in the tank still. <laughs> He's got more to tank. Yeah. The yeah. The retirement parties on Sunday. We'll talk about that I soon think, though. Uh, um, I uh, think the NFL, out of respect for Big Ben and everything he has done his career, don't don't show this game on Sunday. Don't show the world Big Ben and getting killed on Sunday night football in the wild card round. Just just bl- black it out on TV, big. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, we don't know. Put, put, put a movie on or something. They put have the Steelers get killed. Just show Big Ben highlights. Yeah, just show, 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 show Arsenal, show Arsenal highlights. Show, show something other than Big Ben just dying on national TV, basically on Sunday. Practically, but the thing is, though, is that we know, I mean, we know the outcome of the game from uh, the Raiders game. We know what happened. They play the Bengals. Um, they play. Uh, they're going to Cincinnati. They're playing against a team that has not won a playoff game since 1991. Ironically, the Bengals can come full circle here because the last time they won a playoff game was against the was against the Raiders when they were the Los Angeles Raiders. That was also the game where Bo Jackson ended up having to retire from football because of an injury he sustained in the game. So, and so the Bengals actually could come full circle here and in regards to the Bengals we, we, we know that, like, you know, we, we said it earlier how many times on the podcast, this, this Bengals team isn't supposed to be here, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, but we've also praised Joe Burrow. We've praised Jamar Chase. We've praised uh, Joe Mixon. We've praised the defense. The offensive line hasn't been terrible either. So, like, we know that this Bengals team could actually do something in this wild card game. But the thing is, though, is, like, this game is going to be scrappy just based on how both of these teams play. Uh, I, so I'm going to apologize for you for talking shit on the Raiders all season. I will do it right here, right now. And I like the Raiders' chances in this game, to be honest. I think that the Raiders will win this game. I think they're going to go in and upset Cincinnati. I, I mean, I would I think love that. Cincinnati has, yes, Cincinnati is good but Cincinnati also has not been consistent all season. No, they have not. I mean, they have, I mean, you're, you're talking about a Cincinnati team who lost to the Browns and the Jets. Lost to the Browns twice, well, twice, but this last game didn't really matter, but they haven't been consistent. This is very, very true. The Raiders have just been very scrappy though. So like, yes, we, they made the playoffs, but the thing is though, is that. You don't don't think they can win? I think they can win. It's just I think, that like, I, I think it'll be closer. I think it'll be closer than much than more people anticipate. A lot of people probably anticipate the Raiders don't stand a chance against the Bengals, especially because of how Joe Burrow has been performing at quarterback. And it's just, and in my opinion, my thing is, is it's just more along the lines of like it's a team game. If the Raiders' defense decides to like you know, just goes balls to the wall. Uh, with their pressure, with their pressure uh, from their front seven, like they de- did against Herbert for at least the first three quarters of the game last week, and if Max Crosby decides to be Mad Max like the der- and a deranged lunatic, then I think the I think the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line will have huge problems and throughout the day. And obviously, if Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller can stay healthy, the Raiders' offense can compete with the ben- can compete with the Bengals' offense in terms of stacking points on the board. Plus, I'm going to be honest here. 
I would rather, like, you know, another thing, too, is just get, if the Raiders can just get in field goal range, Daniel Carlson, knock on wood, is practically an automatic kicker, one of the best, one of the better kickers in the league. Um, clearly better than Cincinnati's uh, field goal kicker, if we remember how, if we remember how many weeks ago. Uh, they put, yeah, the game against Green Bay, they played like, oh my God, geez, that was terrible. I, I've never saw, I never saw some, uh, so, so much bad kicking in my life. And I've seen, and I, and I've seen soccer players, uh, sky, sky shots into row Z. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, I, I really genuinely think in my heart that the Raiders are going to win this game. I mean, Rich Basaccia, that's how you pronounce his name, I believe. Um, yep, Basaccia. Um, they close out this clearly like, yeah, they had a little skid there against Washington and the Chiefs, but then they go four wins in a row to close out the season. And in a game where you need a win or tie to get into the playoffs, you show up on the biggest stage and you get in. Um, Derek Carr looked actually like comp- the very good quarterback against the Chargers. Um, like you said, Josh Jacobs stays healthy and you can get – I mean, Hunter Renfro, I think, is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. It always seems like he's there when Derek Carr needs him most and makes those big plays. And like you said, I don't think Cincinnati's offensive line is going to be able to contain um, the pass rush from the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders in this game. I really think the Raiders have a good chance. I mean, they are. You know what's crazy? Like, because the rate, like, what's crazy is that because of how they felt, because of how the standings went there for that, because of how the standings and everything went at the end of the season, like, yeah, the Raiders are 10 and 7, and, and you know, uh, people can joke, oh, they're the worst 10 and 7 team in the league and everything. They're the five seed. Like, if they, if they win, if, if they win on Saturday, they could have a pretty decent matchup in the divisional round. And I don't want to think too far ahead, but that would be crazy to have them face, to have them face, you know, like, pro, like they, they would like, probably and, face, a, they would probably face um, the Titans. And I, I think the Titans might be the worst number one seed ever. Yeah, exactly. Like the NFL playoffs, any, anything can happen there. I mean, we know, like, looking at the seating and everything, like, you know, high goes to the one, low goes to the two, low, no, high goes to the two, low goes to the one. So the thing is, though, like, if if they're the lowest seed remaining, like, if six and seven end up losing their matchups to, uh, if the Patriots and Steelers end up losing their matchups, like, they'll be the lowest seed remaining, they can go to Tennessee. And the thing is, though, is, fuck. <laughs> you contain Derrick Henry, you've got a damn good chance to win that game. Is Derrick Henry back? Derrick Henry should be back. I mean, they have to buy. All right. They do have, they do have to buy. So I, I'm, uh, I, do I don't to... think, yeah, like Tennessee really is, I, in my honest opinion, is the worst number one seed we've had in the playoffs in a long time. And yeah. anyone can go in there and just beat them. So it's like, if you're the Raiders, if you're looking, you're like, okay, I can, if I win this game, I have a damn good chance to get to the AFC championship. But clearly it's one game at a time. And I know they're probably not looking ahead. Oh, of course, me not. and you aren't playing in the game, so we're allowed to look ahead at stuff like this. Exactly, exactly. So we'll look ahead to eight fifteen on Saturday night, <laughs> um, uh, in Orchard Park, New York, where an a where it will be round three this season between the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Um, it's going to be cold on Saturday night. You're looking at like four degrees. Try like. 
feel, try like fucking yeah, four degrees and it's gonna feel, gonna like, feel like negative fifteen with wind chill. Could be one of the coldest games in the history of the National Football League. Um, I think this is this is the game for the Bills that I I do think the Bills are gonna win. Um, but this is also a game for the Bills where it's finally time to say, okay, yeah, clearly we won the AFC East two years in a row now. But, but it's time to get. It's time to. It's time you to go. Play, it's not, time to fight back at Big Brother and kick the shit out of them. Yeah, and if say, you, hey, if you I run beat them this in shit playoffs, out. and we're if we go beat them in playoffs now, we're not looking at being their little brother anymore. Now we're the big brother that came back from college and will kick the shit out of you every year. Now this is what the Bills need just to finally get that monkey off their back. With yeah, um, clearly Bill Belichick is still there, but it's like. All right, you look at this team and, like, you just tell me that we're going to be going and playing a team that has a rookie quarterback who beat you in a game this season where he only completed one pass and then you went and kicked the shit out of them in their home field. I like the chance, my chances. It's just people in Buffalo are worried because, like, oh, it's got the Patriot on the logo and Bill Belichick's the coach. That is the reason people are nervous, but I think Buffalo genuinely is just the better team in this matchup. I think that the game is going to be a close game. I think it'll be a close game in all four quarters. I, I agree. But, I just think the Bills need to get out into a lead instead of playing. Because the problem is, if we start playing from behind from the Patriots, they got a good run game where it's going to be hard to come you back. Come out sw- you if, come out swinging. Yeah. You take, if you, you win, Mac you, Jones, win the, you win the toss and you get the ball first. If you, if the Buffalo yeah, Bills win, we can defer. Do if this defer. is if the Buffalo Bills win the toss. And you know what I want? I want you know what I want. If they win the toss, first play, pull out your fucking bag of tricks. Seventeen to fourteen. Seventeen four. Seventeen plus fourteen equals six. Game is o- the game is over after that because you know what? I'm you know I you know me. I'm a Giants fan, but the thing is though is I grew up watching the Bills and everything. The city of Buffalo gives a shit about their fans. The, I mean the, about their football team. The fans give a shit about the Bills, and I don't. I you know. I don't understand it. I never will understand it. But for some reason, what a, a city of 250,000 people, maybe even less now because of the people that leave and other various factors, but they rally around a football team that no, – and don't take this the wrong way. I, no, I know where you're going with this. I understand. They have not – except for a period of seven years, they have been a bunch of ragtag losers – and no offense again, uh, and I'm coming out hard, but – They've been ragtag losers, except for a period of seven years. No, you're not now, wrong. And the thing is, though, is now you're in a second era, second era where this team can actually go go to glory and go to glory, where they can actually get over the hump. They were one win away from making the Super Bowl for the fifth time in their franchise history, and the first time since 1994. Since 1993, the 1993 season, where they can actually do that. My thing is, it's going to be loud. It's going to be jam-packed. It's going to be freezing cold. And to quote Steve Tasker, it just it might be chilly, but it will be fucking chilly. But there. But my thing is, is based on how the Bills have been playing after that loss on Monday night, the offensive line clicked. They've been more disciplined. the The defense has really stepped. The defense has continue to impress and the secondary really has not been depleted since the injury to Tredavious White either, which is a huge factor. I'm shocked that it didn't look bad without him. Um, but in the this, only pro- 
the only problem is that they still find a way to give up a big play. Yes, that is the issue. And like I was going to allude to before, we can't start playing from behind on this team because of that run game and they can just deplete your defense and they can run on you. I'm not worried if we take a lead, if Mac Jones is not beating our defense. I'm Mac Jones will not beat this defense. And like you said, just come out and just punch him in the throat right away. And come out, punch him in the throat. Yeah. That and guess what? Now you're looking at a Patriots team who's probably going to be a little rattled. And they're, I mean, we saw it in Foxborough. They don't, aren't good when you have to put the game in Mac Jones' hand. They're not good. They're not good. They're not good in general. I mean, my th- I mean, my thing is, and even like even you and I for a little bit, we we didn't fully believe the hype of the Patriots being completely back. But for a moment there, we were like, okay, this team may actually have a chance to do something. But no, they're the worst team in the playoffs. They're overrated. Okay, they're over. They're overrated. Their offense is terrible. They still don't have any big names on offense. Their defense is carrying them as far as they can go. And this is not 2001 anymore where you can rely on two tight ends and and and, and no-name running backs and dink and dunk football where you throw five-yard bo- bottles of five-yard five yard fucking jars of fucking mayonnaise to God knows fucking who, okay? The, the Patriots, their time... Has come. Their time came when Tom Brady threw that pick six to Logan Ryan. They're, that's when their time came. But the thing is, though, is that, and my thing is this, the nails are being put into the coffin on the dynasty of the New England Patriots. Buffalo can finally put the dagger in. They can put the final nail in the coffin if they win on Saturday night. And if they win on Saturday night, shit, the city may burn to the ground. Fire may freeze because it's gonna be so fucking cold. But I think every with how the game with how the offensive line is clicking, the defense has been unstoppable. Unstoppable. Devin Singletary has actually been running the fucking ball too. You actually have somebody not named Allen to run the ball, which is amazing. Like it's because you said this earlier. It's because our O line these past three games they've just been clicking. Like the three, I mean, they finally were able to get a full healthy lineup out there, and it's like. Our offensive line maybe not be as bad as people had thought it was. No. Your offensive line, the only problem with your offensive line is injuries and rotation and COVID. So because of injuries and COVID, they have to rotate in and out. So they're not in positions that that they're not in positions they're normally used to because even though, yeah, you're in the fucking trenches, you still have different roles in different positions. The only the only person that will say to this that they fucking suck is Cody Ford, and I'm still trying to figure out why he's still on the team. But, hey, at least you guys aren't playing John Jerry. At least you are, you're not playing John Jerry. If you guys started playing John Jerry, I'd be like, what the fuck are you idiots doing? But I'd also be laughing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Cody Ford, that, you hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, I have no idea why he's still on the team. But Cap space, I, they need a body. Same thing with Matt Hack. You guys need a body. You guys need somebody to actually the Scottish try to hammer the on our practice squad. If he's not playing in the game on Saturday, I don't know what's going on. Because it looked like for a while our kicker was or our punter was trying to lose the game single-handedly for us. Yeah, he just might do that eventually. Yeah, yeah. I, I just might do that. 
just might. Yeah. If Matt Hack doesn't get, if Matt Hack actually is playing on Saturday, like I like, well, I'm not gonna say he'll single-handedly give the Patriots the victory, but um, <laughs> uh, the game will be closer than it needs to be. Agreed. Now you want um, to move uh, on to one o'clock on Sunday. Do I really have to? I mean, it's the Eagles and the I mean, Buccaneers. We, Tom Brady we're is going to We have to talk about it at least. Okay, fine. Tom Just, Brady and Rob, Tom, number 12 and number 87 are still on the field. This time for Tampa Bay. They're looking to re- repeat as champions. The Eagles have no fucking chance. Move on. Agreed. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> I don't care that they don't have Chris Godwin. They still have Mike Evans. They still have Leonard Fournette. Um, yeah, they don't have somebody to compliment uh, the replacement of Chris Godwin because, well, that guy belongs in a loony, a loony, a loony, a, a loony bin in a mental institution or in jail or some I would combination bet you, of the three. I would bet you AB shows up on Sunday and tries to act like nothing happened. I'm also convinced that he forgot that the season was one more game because of all the money he lost out on. He thought it was a week. He thought it was the last week of the NFL, so that's why he walked off. He didn't realize there was one more game. He could have got his all his bonuses. I love that we're talking about a guy that's not even in the league anymore, more than the Eagles. The Eagles have no chance. If the Eagles actually win, the only way the Eagles win the game is if they run the ball down Tampa's throats. Tampa's run defense is a tro- is not that great. One of the bottom run or one of the bottom run defenses in the league. Um, uh, and Philly's running game. No, they could have. They could have no name. They actually have no name running backs, and they somehow find a way to win with their running with their running game. There, I mean, kudos to Nick Sirianni. I mean, as a like, it kind of annoys me as a Giants fan because you know we've been like, we've been kind, we've been the bottom feeders of the division for the last few years, obviously. But it kind of annoys me to see like a team that like it was supposed to be a laughing stock, take the seven seed and like end up being in the playoffs, but kudos to him. Nonetheless, like he, he ignored all the critics. Jalen hurts, ignored all the critics. I'm sorry, guys, you're still going to lose the game. I mean, if you win the game, that will create a huge ripple effect in the entire playoffs for the NFC, but it's not going to happen. No, it's not. It's really not. I, all right. No, I have nothing like, Nothing else to say. I, I, I just can't believe that another team from the NFC beast made the playoffs this year. Best division in football, baby. I told you. And I mean, the last thing year is, we though, saw it, the Washington football team squeak in and had to play the Buccaneers. Now we get to see the Eagles play the Buccaneers. It's going to be the same old song and dance with Tom Brady moving on in the playoffs. Yep, moving on. Eagles, you're done for. Sorry. Uh, won't You won't be the only Pennsylvania team getting your ass kicked in the playoffs, though. But before we get into that, we've got the Nickelodeon game. It's only fitting that the Cowboys are the Nickelodeon game uh, with the slime and everything. Uh, the actual broadcast will be on CBS if you don't want to watch a children's broadcast. Um, uh, I probably will not be watching the children's broadcast. We'll see how the game goes. If it's a blowout in the second half, yeah, I'll watch the children's broadcast. If not, regular broadcast. But I think the 49ers are going to upset the Cowboys. I agree. This rivalry and this rivalry goes back to this rivalry goes back way before we were born okay the cowboys and 49ers have a long-standing history of meeting in the playoffs uh the last time they had met in the playoffs was the 1994 nfc championship game which the niners won by the way in route to winning the super bowl and ironically 
the last three meeting, the last like three or four meetings that in the playoffs that they have met three or four times they met in the playoffs, the winner of that matchup ended up going on to the Super Bowl. So and winning the Super Bowl, whether it be the Cowboys or the 49ers. So history could play a part in this in terms of whoever wins this matchup. Who knows? Maybe we'll end up seeing them in uh, Los Angeles uh, come February, um, depending on how depending on how the rest of the cards fall, cards fall, cards and dominoes fall. But as I mentioned, longstanding history between the teams. Obviously, the most notable event uh, was 40 years ago. 198 uh, was 40 years ago, 1982. Uh, the catch, the fortune of two franchises changed that day. One team's dominance ended. Another team became a dynasty. But this time, nothing, nothing short of nothing short of spectacular like that will probably happen. You've got, well, we know who the Cowboys have. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Lane Vanderash. Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, the Niners, they've got Debo Samuel, and he's been doing practically everything for them. He could probably coach the team while being on, while being on the field because I'm like, but the thing is though, is the Niners defensive has also stepped up hugely too. Um, and they've actually been playing like consistent football as much as I hate to say that, but because of how Dallas's offense has been like very inconsistent over the past few weeks, yeah, they scored 50, 50 points twice in a matter of four weeks, but they played Washington and the Eagles. Almost every team in the league should be able to score for 50 points against Washington and the Eagles. I know one team that won't be able to do that, though. They only scored seven somehow against Washington. Somehow somehow scored seven in general, but moving, digressing from that there. Um, uh, I... Dallas had Dallas literally had like Dallas has the big name players that we mentioned. I mean, San Francisco very much and very they've been kind of inconsistent and then consistent consistently inconsistent. Jimmy Garoppolo, you don't know what which version of him is going to show up. Um, CeeDee Lamb, you don't know how tired he is from carrying the team on it. Yeah, Debo Samuel, not CeeDee Lamb. Debo Samuel, you don't know how tired he is from the team nine from be carrying the Niners on his back. Um, but nonetheless, I think the Niners actually could find a way to pull up, pull off an upset, and send send the boys home packing and uh, the media into a frenzy as to like, oh no, our golden boys are gone. What do we talk about now? Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, I think it's going to come down to just San Francisco just running the ball down the throats of this Cowboys defense, which is a good defense. Um, also, don't buy into the Trayvon Diggs hype because he. As much as he has interceptions, teams still throw at him because he gets burnt so much. Because he's think, on pace to allow the most like yards. He, like, he, allowed, over a, he allowed over a thousand yards already. Um, he was the yeah. first cornerback to do that. And it's like I think if you have Debo Samuel, who is like he's a Swiss Army knife for your team. Um, if Trayvon Diggs is lined up against him, I just throw a Debo all day. I don't think Trayvon's stopping him. It's going to be the opposite of Deion Sanders versus Jerry Rice matchups. You're just going to see Debo burn the shit out of Trayvon Diggs. And the only way Trayvon Diggs will intercept the ball from in that direction is if Jimmy Garoppolo underthrows Debo Samuel by 15 yards. Yeah, that's about it. What it could happen, but I mean, Jimmy G actually looked good. Sunday against the Rams, he actually stepped up and looked like a good quarterback. 
This is very true. That's why I think the Niners actually have a chance because Garoppolo actually showed up for once. And uh, I, I mean, hey, anything can happen in the playoffs. I really think that the Niners will upset them. Um, we'll move on to the other Pennsylvania team that somehow is in the playoffs and we still don't know fucking how. Um, going up against the two seed, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Big Ben with his uh, Big Ben's farewell tour continues on the road, hitting uh, Kansas City. Um, they're getting their asses kicked. Shall we move on to Monday's game? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of gave you my thought on how I can talk myself into the Steelers winning. Um, Kansas City joke. forgets to show up. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, pulls Lamar Turns Jackson out to be and poop, poops himself, and then he doesn't go on the field. Jackson 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 Mahomes uh, turns up to be uh, the Chiefs quarterback and does TikToks all game. Yep, yep. That that's about it. Um, unless Big Ben like somehow like he gets a time machine and goes back like ten years in his career and then just. Then I could see the Steelers winning, but other than that, no. Yeah, no, they're getting their asses kicked. Big Ben, your greatest hits tour is over. Your farewell tour is over. Uh, love you, guy. Um, uh, well, actually, no, love you, hate you. You were a good, damn good quarterback. 18 years, two Super Bowls. Your uh, run will end on Sunday night. Uh, just wait five years until you get the call to go to Canton. That's your next stop, buddy. Um, uh, but Kansas City, they're going to move on, end up playing God knows who. Who knows? Maybe they'll play Buffalo. Um, uh, who knows? Maybe they'll play Buffalo, but, um, uh, we'll move on to Monday's game. The, uh, Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and this on paper, honestly, could probably be the best game of wildcard weekend. In my opinion, what do you, th- what do you think? Am I wrong? Am I right? Are we somewhere in the middle here? Um, I, I, I think the bills and pa- Patriots will be the best game of wildcard weekend just because, I get these these two teams have really good records, but both these teams, if they decide not to show up, this could be a terrible game. I guess for me, it depends on what teams actually show up because both these teams have shown glimpses all season of them just not being good. This is I, very- I, I'm, You can't say I'm wrong there. I mean, it's like we have seen it also with both of these teams. No, uh, you're not wrong. Both teams have been very inconsistent on the uh, season. I mean, the Cardinals, they came out like a ball of fire, and we were talking about how they were the best team in the league until they lost to the Packers. And then once Cliff Kingsbury was tied to the Oklahoma job, it's almost as if, like, he decided to start tanking and say, hey, fuck you guys, I'm going to Oklahoma. But in reality, Cliff Kingsbury teams are like that. They start out like a ball of fire, and then they just completely shit the bed. The Cardinals Cardinals honestly would be the one team – the Cardinals are the one team in the playoffs I would actually want to be be excited to play against in the playoffs oh, because be, uh, uh, because the thing is though is and I know I talked about them being a dark horse but that's because of how good they were in the first half in the second half yeah fuck in the second half of the season yeah fuck it I want to play the Cardinals I don't care I, I you could put the Detroit Lions against the Arizona Cardinals on on Monday and I think the Lions could actually win um uh, but. The Rams are also inconsistent as well. I mean, Matt Stafford has thrown four pick sixes. He so he probably could throw another one. I know uh, Cam Akers is actually supposed to make his season debut coming off of coming off of his injury uh, to his Achilles. His Achilles, correct? Yeah, yeah, his Achilles injury. But the thing is, though, is like Matt Staff Matt Stafford. Like you know, we don't know what version of Matt Stafford's going to show up. It could be. Hey, I'm a good quarterback, Matt Stafford. Or hey, 
I, I play I, for the Detroit Lions, Matt Stafford. I play for the Detroit Lions, Matt Stafford. Um, uh, so it's almost as if like you don't know what's going to happen in this game. But because of the uncertainty of this game, that's why I think it's the best game for Wild Card Weekend. It could either be a blowout or it could go right down to the wire and even maybe go to overtime. Yeah, that's the issue with this game for me. Um, I can't. I can't bring myself to this being a good game, but I, I, I also can. It's like it depends on what two of these teams show up. But I think the Rams are going to win this game. Um, I've been saying this all season. The Cardinals have to learn to walk, uh, crawl before they learn to walk, and I don't think they're ready for playoff football. No, well, I don't want to take my word on the Cardinal back on the Cardinals yet. I think they'll win, mainly just because like it's the Rams. Who actually fucking supports that team? Nobody in St. Louis cares about them anymore. The city of LA does more than they do the Chargers. The city of LA is just pissed off that the Lakers suck and baseball is in a lockout. So they can't even root for the Dodgers. They're more. (laughs) So um, uh, so the Lakers suck. There's no baseball. The ones that know how the the Kings are pretty good. Uh, They. The Kings are pretty good, but how many people in Los Angeles care about hockey? So they have to root for something, and uh, they still and the Raiders haven't been in Los Angeles for almost thirty years now, so they can't root for uh, for so they can't root for the Raiders anymore. Although they probably still try to, um, uh, but I think the Rams go home. Uh, they will not be playing in the Super Bowl in their own stadium because of that. Um, uh, but I think the Cardinals win. Um, and well, based off of how everything goes, well, they'd be playing, they'd be playing Tampa <laughs> and then they'd be going home. Um, uh, but that, that's why I think of wildcard weekend right there. I think everything will, I think it'll be enough. I think it'll be enjoyable to watch. Um, uh, minus, well, four out, uh, four out of the, uh, six games will be enjoyable to watch. Um, we uh, like I like they're gonna get their asses kicked. Both those teams are. I don't know. That's about it there. But um, I don't know. We're in the playoffs. Your team's in the playoffs. Um, uh, so I know you're excited. And if you win on and if you win on Saturday night, you'll be looking forward to a divisional round matchup. Obviously, um, I'm just rooting for chaos at this point. I want the Ray. I'm rooting for the Raiders to go as far as they can go. Obviously, with what they have, um. And I am also just rooting for chaos as well. Um, so go, go Raiders, go Bills, just to beat the Patriots because fuck the Patriots. Um, you fuckers in Boston uh, sold your soul just to win a fucking meaningless wild card game, and you will never win anything again after that. Um, let's see. Well, Brady or Eagles? Uh, I'm taking Brady because I can't stand fucking Eagles. Uh, uh, Cowboys and Niners, obviously Niners, Chiefs, and then um, uh, Cardinals. Although for craziness in the AFC, as much as I can't stand Pittsburgh, I would want Pittsburgh to win just for craziness in the AFC. I would love that. That would be great because then Patrick Mahomes go home. Yeah, and then Pittsburgh would end up going to (laughs) Pittsburgh would end up going to play Tennessee. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Go Pittsburgh. Go Pittsburgh. No, you know why? (laughs) You know what's crazy? We just talked about if if the Ray whoever plays Tennessee is beating Tennessee. That's my that's my call now. Whoever plays Tennessee in in the division round will go to the A will will beat Tennessee and go to the AFC championship. Agreed. 
that's my pick. That is my pick right there. I'm taking that top. I'm taking that take right there. Tennessee's a terrible one seed um, uh, for that. But in the NFC, I won't touch anything in terms of that because, well, I hate two of the teams that are in there. I don't care about two of the team, about three of the teams. And then there's still that fucking asshole in, in Tampa. So I can't. T- I'm not touching anything with a 39 and a half foot pole. But I have no other thoughts there on Wildcard Weekend. Do you quit? Do you at all? Before I get onto my soapbox, real quick, before we conclude the pod. Um. No. I'm. I'll let you get to your soapbox. Uh. And I will just be right here listening. Ah. Well. I guess I'm not angry enough to talk. I guess I'm not too angry enough where I'll actually try to talk about Major League Baseball. So apparently. Major League Baseball is deciding to go to the bargaining table and meet with the Major League Baseball Players Association for the first time since they since their seven minute meeting at the end uh, at the at the end of November, beginning of December, before the lockout officially started. Um, obviously, like when I went on my spew about this last time. I've thought that the, I've thought that the leadership of Major League Baseball is a complete joke and a shit show. And I also thought, and I also thought that what everything everybody's been bringing to the table has been terrible because there has been lack of communication. Now, my thing is is that I'm glad that Major League Baseball and the Players Association have decided to finally go to meet at the bargaining table to discuss everything in terms of renegotiating a CBA, whether it be the uh, arbitration rules, how free agency works, expanded playoffs, and or the universal DH. Um, my thing, I just want to say that I really want them to f- talk more than seven minutes because there are songs longer than that. Um, people last about seven mo- Some people can only last about seven minutes in bed. So um, if you can talk a little bit longer than that, then that would be great. Um, also, I would like for them to get their shit together on an overall basis because the popularity of baseball as a whole, I won't say is decreasing, but the popularity of Major League Baseball, the league, it will continue to decrease if they don't get anywhere remotely close to a deal at least by the end of the month because spring training is slated to start in the middle of February and they need to get a deal done by March in order for the season to start on time after they finish the free agency window, finish the arbitration process process window, and get and actually try to get some sort of a spring training in. The longer the lockout continues, the more Major League Baseball is fucked, the more Rob Manfred deserves to get fired as, or be forced to step down as commissioner. And... The league will now. Ne- the league, in my honest opinion, will never recover from uh, the lockout. That the longer the lockout goes, the longer the league will have to, will take to recover from from everything. Because not only will we talk about like the lasting impact of the popularity, but we're going to also talk about less asses in seats, less people tuning in to watch games on television, and just less people being like interested in the league as a whole. So, like I said, good for you to get to the table and actually decide to pull up your big boy pants and take your bib off. But talk more than seven minutes and actually get something across and get and and get something like across to each other and you know start some actual negotiations because 
Just for you, they're going to talk eight minutes. Just for me, they're going to talk seven minutes and one second. And then Jeff Passan is going to be like, they talked more than seven minutes. And I'm going to be like, all right, still, <laughs> go fuck yourself, Manfred. Hey, my thing is, is I need, I love baseball. I, I really love, I, I love baseball. I love talking baseball. I love watching baseball. I mean, it's like, I know we talked about golf, like when the Masters comes, like spring is in the air. When baseball starts, you know spring comes. You know summer is coming. If there's no baseball, I don't know how I like, like what the f- I'm gonna be honest here. I'm gonna sound selfish. What the fuck do I watch? I actually would need to find shows to watch on streaming services or movies, or I would actually have to watch basketball. That is the boring basketball that I have no fucks to give about. Like, I actually started I'm- caring about basketball recently. Mainly because you started betting on it. Yes, yes. And you lost a bet because you took the Jazz and they lost to the nine and thirty Detroit Pistons. <laughs> yes, they were they were eight and thirty when I took the bet. They're now not nine and thirty. And you did not take the Pistons. No, nope. no, nope. I did not. Yes, yeah. Hey, I, that's why I don't touch basketball betting. Um, uh, Except for maybe- tonight. So yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm losing my bet of uh, the Sabers, uh, Blackhawks, and uh, Panthers to win because the Sabers have been getting their asses handed to them. Man, my stupid ass took the Sabers money line and took that that uh nice little prop bet they threw up there. That little boost bet they threw up. Hey, I only put five on the boost bet, so that's okay. Lucky you. Well, I I I, <laughs> I, I bet bet small, win big. It's all good there. Um, uh, but. Yeah, no, since mobile sports betting is legal. Yeah, next week when we talk the divisional round, we can actually throw, we can actually decide to talk, we can actually throw in some betting in regards to that there for that. Um, uh, but I have no other final thoughts there. Actually, I do. Um, Paiska, who are you rooting for, the Bills or the Rams? That's all I want to know because, you, you know. Paiska's not rooting for the Bills. Because he, really he, he thinks we paid Josh Allen too early. How'd that turn out for you, Paiska? He also thinks – hey, hey, did he ever get back to you on where Jim Harbaugh's going to go? I saw that the other well, day on Facebook. He's going to go – the only option for him to go to the NFL is Miami, just based on Miami's um, GM being – him and Harbaugh are close. Yeah, but did Paiska ever get back to you on that one there or no? No, he didn't. He ignored me. Oh, he ignored you. God damn it, Paiska. Come on. All right, do you know yeah, – Paiska, you dick. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're back. We're well, officially I think, back. I think he deleted the his Facebook post. That's why. Oh, he wait, probably no, he didn't. Did. No, he didn't yet. Stupid ass didn't even respond to me. How dare he? But yet he's on. He's on there every day. Like he's on there every minute of the day. Like I check it like at least like once a day early in the morning. And I swear to God, no joke. My timeline consists of like him posting like four memes in a row, and then it's like something sports related, and then four more memes of Pi- that Paiska shared. <laughs> So that man's on it way too much, but that's in that. Maybe we, maybe he needs an intervention on that. But I, other than that, I have nothing else to say. Um, that concludes the podcast. Unless you have any more final thoughts. Um, no, I have no final thought. I was going to throw in that sports betting is not legal in New York, but you already did. So I think I'm, I am all set. There's not much really else to talk about besides, yeah. Fair enough there. Well, with that being said, 
That concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. First one of 2022 in the books, motherfucker. And once again, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, where, or wherever you get your uh, podcasts, wherever your preferred podcast platform is. Listen, subscribe, download, do as you wish with us. Um, enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend. If you live in the state of New York, enjoy mobile sports betting. Just don't throw real throw away all your money onto it. Be advised about that. Um, I still kind of want to do a side a side podcast about betting, but maybe maybe I'll screw, maybe I'll throw that idea back in the back of my head for near future. But until next week, everybody, just enjoy enjoy life and keep on keeping on. Thank you.